Holy Spirit, we're asking you for strength to hear what you are saying. You've been sent by the Father and the Son to lead us into all truth. And we want to agree with you. You're the one who opens the eyes of our understanding. You're the one who opens our spiritual eyes, just like the song we sang. I'm asking you to deliver to us today spiritual insight and wisdom and understanding. We ask you to reveal truth to us today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, we're truly uh, seeing a country that is divided. One side is silent when the violence is uh, to their political advantage. And then when the tables are turned, they, their voices are like thunder, accusing. And both sides do this. Amen? Amen. Both sides do it. And then don't, we cannot discount the side that wants anarchy. There is a group of people that just want to just mess things up. We've had cities burned down, not completely, but the mayor then calls them patriots, and then when that political agenda has been removed, then all of a sudden he is clamping down on those same ones who created the problem. And you and I know that violence is not the answer. Can I hear an amen? Now, you need to protect yourself, but violence is not the answer. We have a life-changing virus that has hit not just the United States, but the entire world. And in the wake of that, there's going to be financial ruin. I heard that in Pennsylvania, there is uh, most of the businesses, I I heard this statistic, I don't know if it's true, but they said 90% of the businesses in Pennsylvania are considered small businesses, and many of them have had to close. Oh, you can open. Oh, no, then you can close. Uh, no, 50% capacity. Oh, no, you got to close. Uh, oh, you can open 25% capacity. Uh, oh, no, you got to close. Close your church. Oh, no, you can open your church. <laughs> Amen? This is what we're living in right now. And we cannot stick our heads in the sand and pretend that it's all going away. I'm going to speak to you today of the urgency of what's happening. And I've I've called this message Awake in 2021. 2021. (laughs) Listen, when I was younger, I never thought there was going to be a 2021. I also thought I was invincible. (laughs) Well, I, I say praise God that we don't live in California where it's against the law to worship God in singing. Our society is doing a tremendous job. Our culture is doing a tremendous job in breaking down Christian values. (laughs) Those are the morals that made this country great. And at one time, the United States was uh, the biggest sender of missionaries all over the world. And now I've heard that their number one export is porn. (laughs) There's gender confusion all over the place. It's propagated in colleges. California just passed a law that insurance companies must pay for teenage girls' breast removal if they think they're a male. And in California, it's actually against the law to uh, counsel somebody who is uh, wanting to break free from uh, gender confusion. Against the law, folks. We have selective censorship in the media. Come on now. You know, that's going to proceed quickly. Don't think it's not. Anybody who has a voice that doesn't agree with what the group think is, is going to be uh, eliminated. They're going to look for key words like Jesus. Come on. This, listen, this, this is where we are living, folks. Do you know that God Almighty knew you were going to go through this right here? Do you know that He has gifted you to be able to be a light in darkness right now? You've been empowered by God himself. 
you've been anointed with the Spirit of God to be able to go through these times. Not sitting down and hiding and bunkered in a bunker and just hoping it's all going to pass you by. It's knocking at our door, folks. I mean, really. Congress is passing laws that give great prominence to the LGBTQ. And certain words are against the rules to see in Congress. You can't say grandpa, grandma. You can't say mom or dad, brother or sister, son or daughter. And of course, the sacredness of marriage is thrown aside, amen? We've got to realize that we are in a fierce battle. There is no neutral ground. Can you understand that? This is a battle. All behind all of this is a demonic force. Satan himself is behind all this. Our fight is not with flesh and blood. Hey, we were all sinners and sons of disobedience at one time. Can I hear that? We all have a history. But praise God, that buried body began to breathe. <laughs> That'll make you fly. Trixie was telling me how to fly this morning. <laughs> Just flap your arms and kick your legs. So I'm in. <laughs> Amen. Unless you are converted like little children, you'll not see the kingdom of God. This battle is escalating, amen? The prince of the power of the air has been gaining ground. And his converts are committed. And I think the church of Jesus Christ has become, what I would say, comfortable and sleepy. I'm not talking about Trump versus Biden. I'm not talking about Republican against Democrat. I'm not talking about white versus black. I'm not talking about rich versus poor. I'm not. And you know that's true. Because you're in the battle. You're, it's, it's a, you wake up, you're in a war. Listen, you didn't have so much trouble until you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Amen? <laughs> Then everything changed. <laughs> more trouble. <laughs> more and more trouble. I, I honestly, I perceive that there's going to be more disruptions in the coming years of what we consider normal life. Honestly, I believe there's going to be attacks on the power grid. There's going to be a, a trouble in the food distribution. All of it's to actually try to enforce their control. We have to wake up to this stuff. We really do. I'm not talking about a political battle. I'm not. Is God limited? If the Republicans get in, is God limited? Can he do what he wants if they're in? If the Democrats get in, is he limited? Can he do what he wants? Yes, he can. Actually, the truth of the matter is <laughs> they're working really hard to fulfill Bible prophecy. <laughs> and this, all this does is prove the Bible true over and over and over again. I'm saying this decade, I believe, is going to be dangerous. It's going to be troublesome. But for the true church, it's going to be glorious. It's going to be glorious. When does the light shine brightest? When it's darkest. Come on. And the enemy wants us to draw back and isolate ourselves. Like I said, get one of those bunkers, dig a hole, you know, make it out, and load it with food, and just sit there until and, and it's all over.
it's not going to be over till Jesus splits the sky and comes back to this earth and settles the accounts. And if you look at what Scripture says, it's, he's going to come back in a robe dipped in blood and his eyes are going to like fire. This is our God. This is the Lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world. We know Him as our Savior, our Deliverer, our Redeemer. But we should also know that He is a warrior king. And He is going to put things right. But you and I are His representatives right now. How are we doing? Uh, not too good, I don't think. I think part of this trouble is us, is the church. I'll go back to the idea with the prayer room. We should have this many people in the prayer every time. I mean, it's, it's, what does it take to get people to pray? You know, if I'm going to step on your toes today, I'm doing it in love because I'm a messenger boy. I didn't write this. But yet I have found, Mamie and I have found that when you submit to this, you're blessed, just like Jason said. Amen. Blessed. And what I want to do is to help you see the time we're in now. I want you to judge yourself so you won't be judged. Isn't it better to find out that you're making a mistake now than until you stand before Christ and he says, hmm. Let's look at the books. Because the Bible says he's going to open books. Not just one book, books. I'm here. This church wants you to mature as a Christian and grow. We want you to have a sword of the Spirit that is sharp. Not to think, well, it's, I think it says that somewhere in the Bible. No, I want you to know where it is. Amen. And how are we doing with that? I mean, I'm going to step on your toes. Who read the New Testament last year? Okay. See where I'm going? Jesus says his words are spirit and life. They're strength to you. You want more of the kingdom of God manifest? Jesus said in Mark 4 that the word of God is seed being sown. If you want more of the word of God, you want the manifestation of the presence of Jesus Christ, his Holy Spirit, guess what you do? You plant seed by reading and speaking the word of God. Now it, and it, it's that just that. And I'm asking you to judge yourself. I'm not going to judge you. Do it yourself. The times are, are desperate. And we cannot ignore where we are. Because, like Jason said, there are some people that are depending on you. To get their names written in the Lamb's book of life. Amen? Amen? We have a tremendous responsibility. We've been called ambassadors of Christ. Like Chris said, our kingdom is not of this world, and we need our spiritual eyes open to understand that kingdom. The laws of that kingdom are different from the laws here. You and I have power. We have delegated authority from Jesus Christ. Okay? Understand what's happening in the world. Understand what's going on. And trouble is at our doorstep. It is. And you can't ignore it. It's not going to go away. You can't pretend. And God wants you to be bold as a lion. See, if you're... If you've taken Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And we are ambassadors for that kingdom, and we must represent it properly. No cowards are there. Read Revelation. It says outside. 
are the dogs, the cowards, the immoral. Outside. I don't want to be outside, do you? <clears throat> no. David prophesied about the nations rising up against the leadership of Jesus, angry at his leadership, uh, seeking to remove all influence of the Christian life. I got this on the outline, not the outline, we don't do an outline anymore. It's up on PowerPoint. It's in your Bible too, Psalm chapter 2, 1 through 3. I love to hear those pages turning. You know what? When you do that, hey, listen, you are where you are when you're looking at this. I had a beginning in this. And if you're beginning at it, you know, the table of contents is pretty good. <laughs> you can find where you're going. <laughs> Look what it says here. Why do the nations rebel? Why are the countries devising a plot that will fail? The kings of the earth are form a united front. The rulers collaborate against the Lord and his anointed king. Do you know who these kings are? The kings of the world? Not just presidents. Not, these, are, these are people who are, let's say, heads of state, of course. Uh, rulers, leaders, leaders in society, leaders in the media, educational, leaders in military, leaders in the sports. You see the sports world now is now becoming a political statement. So these kings, this is what he's saying. The kings of the earth are forming a united front. The rulers collaborate against the Lord and his anointed king. They say, let us tear off the shackles. They say, let us tear off the shackles that they put on us. Let's free ourselves from their ropes. See, they see God's word as something negative that is hindering them. Bonds that are enslaving them from Fulfilling their human potential. We know what the human potential is. That's why God flooded the world in Noah's day. And Jesus Christ is coming back. When did he say? He says, you know, as the days of Noah. Listen, we're seeing it right now. We get to live there. We get to live in this time. I think that's pretty honorable. God is, you know, he's got more confidence in you than you. Amen. You know why? He's saying, you can do it. I'll strengthen you. I'll give you power. I'll give you wisdom. I'll give you an anointing. If you yield enough to him, he says, I'll work miracles through you. He says, the believer will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Do you think somebody who gets healed is going to be happy? <laughs> They're going to ask you about Jesus. You should expect miracles as you pray. You should expect miracles as you speak the word of God. Amen? If, if this is, you are now in the army of God. And he's calling you to get on the front line. Which is pretty cool. Because guess what? Fear has no hold on us. Didn't we sing that? <laughs> Did we not sing that? <laughs> Fear has no hold on us. I was with my dad when he died. It was pretty awesome. I'm telling you, it was pretty awesome. The presence of God was outrageous. My dad looked up at me from the bed and he says, he just walked in the room. And then I could tell he was talking. They didn't speak words, but they were just talking. Then dad looks up at me like, you know, I'm on a timetable. I said, that's awesome. <laughs> Death has no hold on us. You know, as a matter of fact, Jason talked about uh, Hebrews chapter 11. I don't know if I'm getting to my notes, but I'm going to try. <laughs> Mamie says you better. <laughs> In Hebrews, we're talking about Hebrews 
those powerful men and women of faith. But look what it says here. And this is going to be dubbed for you and for me. If we get in the fight, if we get in the battle, if we have the confidence in the Word of God. He says, men and women whom the world was not worthy. And whom the world was not worthy. You know when I see a promise like that? You know what I say? (laughs) He's talking about me. Because I made the decision a long time ago. I'm going with the word of God. And there is an unholy agenda. Just like we read there in Psalms. It's accelerating. And it's to destroy all the Lord's influence. Amen? They're raging against the authority of Jesus. Hey, this is becoming the world consciousness, folks. We should understand that. We are going to be dubbed as haters, bigots. You know, Satan's goal is to blind the eyes of those who are un, that are not born again. So they can't see the glory of the gospel. But do you know what? You, if you understand Jesus and you understand spiritual things, you carry the very presence of God wherever you go. The Bible declares that if you're persecuted, listen carefully. Our persecution at this time is just uh, words attacking us. Amen. We're not being thrown in prison. We're here to meet. Praise God. We're here. But you carry the very glory of God when they persecute you. It says in 1 Peter, it says, the glory of God rests upon you. You know, when that happens to me, all I think of is that scripture. And then I ask God to open the eyes of their spirit so they can see the glory of God resting on me. What do you think would happen if they saw the glory of God on you? (laughs) Come on now. These things are real, folks. We have got to be in tune with the spirit realm because that's where the battle is. And Jesus says his words are spirit and life. We have to awake to the true battle. We really do. We have to press into God more than ever. Ever. More than ever. The only safe place is pressing into God and throwing off the coat of lukewarmness and compromise. You have to get rid of that. You have to determine right now, I'm not compromising on anything with the Word of God. I mean, he's writing the books. He's writing the books. The Bible declares that those who loved him talked about him, and he wrote it in his book. And he wrote it in his book. Uh, Here, I'll go back to the same thing. You know, I might be stepping on your toes. It's because I love you, and I want you to grow. I want you to be valiant warriors in the kingdom of God. Women, I want you to be like Deborah. Put a tent stake through the guy's head. Oh, yeah, that's right. Deborah ruled the country. Deborah ruled the country. She was a prophetess. Amen. Come on, ladies. I thought you'd be, that's good preaching, pastor. (laughs) But what is the Father looking for in our lives? He's looking for transformation. Come on, transformation in our lives. You know, please don't stay the same. God is looking for transformation in your life. How are you going to be a light in the darkness if nothing has changed? Because God is coming back for a glorious church. Not one that's hiding in a bunker. (laughs) Amen? Listen, God is looking for transformation. There's a parable in the Bible about a fig tree. A couple of them about the fig tree. The landowner comes. He has somebody tending the garden. He comes to a fig tree. He says, there's no fruit on this. Cut it down and get it out of the garden. 
Okay, now we have to understand what that is about. It's opening our eyes to see the kingdom principle. It's scary when he says, cut it down and throw it out. Because there's no such thing as once saved, always saved. The landowner is coming to look for fruit. Amen? Now here's the one thing that is just glorious is because in that same story, the one who tended the garden says, give it another year and I'll work around the roots. If you look at that story, it was a total of three years. Three. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. I wonder if that applies with us. How many read the New Testament last year? <laughs> How many read at least a book of the Bible last year? We want fruit, amen? I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to prod you to bear fruit. I don't like that, Pastor. <laughs> well, if you press on like never before, I'll tell you right now, you'll be happy you heard this. If you don't like what I'm saying, you need to hear it. <laughs> I've been there. Do you think I don't get in trouble with God? You don't think he just grabs me by the neck? Say, hey, hey, boy. <laughs> you know, he says in Revelation, and we might even read that if we get to it. Please, Lord, help me. Help me. Do you know what helps us is true gospel community. And that means, like, you come to church, you know, you, you, you brush up against the kingdom of God and you feel good and you go back out. The church is at fault for that. You know, we've, we've made it a therapy system. Oh, we've, we've been told. I mean, seeker-friendly. Uh, don't make the sinner feel uncomfortable. Then you have to look, well, what does the Bible say? Uh, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit's job is to convict the sinner of sin and of righteousness. Well, if you don't want to preach in a way that delivers the full counsel of God, the Holy Spirit's not going to do what he's supposed to do. You know, we've said, oh man, you're awesome. You're incredible. You have been given so many gifts. Oh, my gosh. You're, you're blessed coming in. You're blessed going out. Oh, everything's going to be awesome because God loves you and he's going to... We've, 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 we have not represented the love of God properly. Because the love of God includes discipline. How, how many have kids? Now, if you didn't discipline them, what's going to happen? There's going to be rebellion, and they're going to be in trouble when they grow up. Well, I like God's discipline, because the Bible declares He disciplines those who He loves. How many want in on that? <laughs> I do. And again, I think what we're seeing is the result of, of the church being backslidden, lukewarm. Yeah, and I'm comfortable. I got what I need. We think Jesus is our messenger boy. We, we pray to God, you know, get me this, get me that. You know, yeah, we, the promises are true. Amen? But it takes a journey to get them. We want a drive through And don't make me wait, Lord. No, he's a great king. We're to bring gifts to the king. Amen? 
And I tr- truly, I think what we're seeing in society is the result of the church with a Laodicean spirit. And you might not know what that is, but we'll take you there and show you what it is because the Bible talks about it. It's important for you to know what the Bible says. Amen? That way you're prepared. That way you're empowered. That way you can be the witness that stands in front of darkness. Your voice, as you yield to the Spirit of God, your voice is His voice, and He's going to reach into that darkness and pull out those who have ears to hear. And that's what He wants us to do. Jesus did not come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. He gives everybody the opportunity. Everybody. Everybody. Think of in your mind right now. Jesus died for that person and he loves them. He loves them. He loves them because he knows what awaits. He loves them. He wants to rescue them. He wants to redeem them. He wants to purify them. He wants to refine them. He wants to cause transformation in their life so they're not that fig tree getting cut down. They're one that has fruit. And this is what's happening with the church. Not this church, praise God. We're going pre- to preach the word of God. I'm going to step on your toes because I love you. You know, suppose that I get to watch everybody come up to get rewards from Jesus. And suppose I didn't teach you the word of God. Too many people wouldn't even be there. You must be born again to receive all this. Some people say, I don't understand it. Well, get born again. You will. You don't have the spirit of Christ in you. That's why. Plain and simple. Then. Look at this, Revelation 3. This is the Laodicean spirit because God, Jesus is writing to a church that was in existence. I'm saying was. Everybody say was. Not now. But this is the warning he gave them. He says to the angel of the church of Laodicea, write this, the amen. Who's the amen? Jesus himself. The amen, the faithful and true witness. The origin of the creation of God says this, I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot So you, because you are lukewarm and neither hot or cold. I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. Reminds me of the fig tree, amen? Because you say I'm rich, I'm wealthy, I'm comfortable uncomfortable. I used the word committed before. Committed. The prince of the darkness has committed followers. And the church has got comfortable followers. Lukewarm. That's the Laodicean spirit. It says, because you say I'm rich and become wealthy, I have no need of anything. You do not know that you are... Now, here's the spirit realm. This is what we're looking at. The outside looks like it's really beautiful, really nice. Another story of the fig tree. Jesus came up to the figs because he was hungry. That tree, there was no figs on that tree. He cursed it. Let's open our eyes to what that is about. He's looking for fruit. He's looking for transformation in your life. Transformation. I hope you're not the same as you were last year at this time because you've fallen behind. And all the while, darkness is gaining ground. I know I'm not going to finish this. I'm getting the point across that we as soldiers in God's army are not doing what we need to do. We can be forgiven because his mercy endures forever. But I would hate for him to show me what I could have had if I would have been committed. That's loss. 
And that's eternal loss. I don't want that. I don't want that for you. I don't want that. Look what he says. You're poor, wretched, blind, naked. And he says in verse 18, I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich. He wants you rich. Spiritually, I understood this. And white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your neckness wouldn't be revealed. And here's what I want too. I salve to apply to our eyes so that we could see. Here it is. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. That's awesome. That is awesome. Close your eyes and see Jesus coming right inside of you. That's what the Spirit of God has done when you accepted him as Lord and Savior. And now here's a challenge. Look at our challenge. Verse 21. The one who overcomes, I'll grant to him to sit with me on my throne. As I also overcame and sat with my father on his throne. And here's what he says. Anyone who has ears, let him hear. That's what the Spirit says to the churches. Here's how we become lukewarm. We pick and choose what we want to have out of the Word of God. We think it's a smorgasbord. We find a promise and say, this is it. Okay, but then he says, this is how you got to live to get that promise. You know, we logically, listen, reason why we can watch a little porn. And then a little more. Then, because nothing happens right away, the judgment doesn't come on you right away. However, the conviction of the Holy Spirit was there. We just shoved it aside. But because something more didn't happen, we think, oh, God didn't care. It's, it's okay, then. It's a little bit. And then you start to say, well, did, did God really say something about tithing? Did, did God say anything? Well, you know, did he say, you know, well, we're kind of married. God knows our heart. The key is, do you know God's heart? Amen? We think because delayed judgment doesn't happen, that God either doesn't care, or he just kind of winks at it. I'm telling you, he doesn't. He doesn't wake up. Or here's the other thing. <clears throat> I, I don't need to come to church because this is the 21st century and I can just watch it online whenever I want. God says, don't forsake the assembling together. I'll tell you right now, something supernatural is happening in this building right now. Something that we don't even know what is happening. But do you know what? It's good because the spirit of the living God is here. And what is he doing? He's knitting our hearts together in unity. Because at this time and what is happening forward, the church is going to really matter. The people of the church are going to have to be unified. Because the devil wants to pick us off one at a time. He wants you to hide in a bunker. Isolate yourself. Keep away from trouble. You know, people who are oblivious to this has already invited the trouble in. We have to be aware. Oh, Lord, help me here. Come on, Jesus. You know, I'm going back to the church thing, the gathering. People don't really want a pastor because a pastor is a pastor is a shepherd. I'm leading you, Pastor Mamie and I and Pastor Ben. We're leading you into green pastures. And some of that green pastures is going to say, you know what? You got a trouble. You, you, this is something in your life you must change. They just want a club. Listen. These are days that we can't afford to be disobedient to God. 
Because when you're disobedient to God, you have a door wide open for the enemy. What about a disciple? We want to make a disciple. Is a disciple somebody who just says a prayer? Is this, is this a disciple? Is this a biblical disciple just saying a prayer and I'm in and, you know, I could come, go anytime I want. I don't really care about the church, but, you know, it's nice to come. The music's great. Pastor's a goofball, but you pray and ask that Pastor Ben or Pastor Mamie preaches. <laughs> this is where we yield to each other because we are the body of Christ this is where you have great wisdom and how to deal with situations in your life if you open your heart up to a gospel community because a gospel community is about transformation so that when the God Almighty comes and looks at your tree. You are that tree. And he doesn't find fruit, there's trouble. But if you get your life involved with a local church, there'll be fruit. You know what? We all have weaknesses. Jason said it. And it's true. None of us have arrived. But as a pastor, we want to guide you in to places that you haven't been. And when you go to places you haven't been, you have to cut things off. God's standard is the standard. That's, yeah, the standard is the standard. Righteousness, holy living. Amen? Do we represent Jesus well? You have to ask yourself. I'm asking you to judge yourself today. Just because you come to church, I'm running out of time. Listen, just because you come to church doesn't mean now you, that holiness is going to rub off on you. It's not rubbing off. You have to choose it. You have to choose it. And it's a narrow path that we're walking on. And I'll tell you right now, we need help to do it. Amen? We need supernatural help to do it. Because the truth is, a Christian life is impossible to live. Unless you yield your heart to the Spirit of the living God. Unless you load yourself up on the truth. You know, when, when the, Jesus called the disciples, if you read it, it says, they left everything. Chris said it today. He's quoting Scripture. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. And we've got to understand our kingdom. And we have to represent the kingdom well. Go to that uh, quote from Diedrich Bonhoeffer. This is powerful. Anybody know who he is? He's a man that was, uh, he was a born-again man during World War II in Germany. He's one of the few pastors that stood up against Nazis. And this is what he says. When Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. That's what we have to do. Throw off the comfort of casual Christianity. No more lukewarmness. It's time for us to really get involved with what is happening. And this next one is important for us to do too. Matthew 7. This is what he says. Not all who sound religious are really godly people. They may refer to me as Lord, but still won't get into heaven. Here's the important thing. For the decisive question is whether they obey my Father in heaven. And at the judgment, many will tell me, Lord, Lord, we, we told others about you. We used your name to cast out devils and, and do many great miracles. But Jesus says, I'll reply, I've never, you've never been mine. Go away. Your deeds are evil. Let's bow our heads. Praise team if you'd come up.
you and I are at a turning point. Let's pray. Come on. Spirit of, of Christ, come and help us. And I want to say this, that you and I are in a turning point in history of the United States. Not just the United States, but truly, truly, all of mankind is in a turning point. And the Spirit of God has brought you here. Brought you here. You, you might be in this building or you, you might be in your living room or you might be walking around watching this. But what the point is, is that you're standing in the valley of decision. That's where you are right now. You're standing in the valley of decision. I want you to recognize that you're there. You should ask your question. Am I, am I like the early disciples? Am I really pressing in to know Jesus? And do I even want to know him? Do you want to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings? Do you want to press in so that you can fulfill the destiny you have in Christ? And the, the truth is, listen, we're praying here. You, I'm asking you to check yourself. Because there's no middle ground. Do you want to be a disciple that has a biblical definition? Do you want to experience the glories to come? Because the only safe place is to press into Jesus. You and I, we have to shake off the lukewarm. We've got to Get rid of the garment of compromise. And we all need help to do it. I cannot do it alone. And you cannot do it alone. We need each other. We need to be able to serve one another. Sacrifice for one another. Help one another set aside the sin that so easily gets a hold of us. We need to be strengthening one another. Gospel community is a transformation of each individual. And the Holy Ghost is here and His ministry is to convict of sin and of righteousness. He's showing us a path to walk. He's showing you a path to walk. We read it a little bit ago. Jesus says the, the decisive question is whether they obey my Father in heaven. These things are all real. We're living in it. First of all, if you, you, you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm telling you the time is today. It is right now. If that's you, I'm asking you to raise your hand right now. Put up where I can see it so that we'll pray. You, this is not a game anymore. Things are pressing in for sure. They're pressing in. You online, I want you to, if you're willing, if you recognize your life is what you've made it, but Jesus has so much more for you. So much more. I want us to pray this. Well, you know what? Before that, I'm talking to Christians now. I'm talking to believers, people who call themselves Christians. I want you to recognize, is there fruit on your tree? It's a scary result if there isn't. Listen, we've all We've all kind of laxed ourselves. We've all gone to comfort. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to ask God to forgive you because he will. And make a commitment to him. This year is going to be different. This is the time that I'm going to be biblical in my decisions, the way I talk, the way I, I live. No more compromise. I pray, Father God, that the fear of you would fall in this place. 
a holy fear would fall in this place and that you would grant us a spirit of repentance. It's just not having your sins forgiven. Repentance means you turn away. You walk away from those things. I pray, Father God, that everybody here is a doer of the word. I pray, Lord God, that you reveal yourself in ways that are remarkable to them. We worship you, Lord. We magnify you. We declare holy is your name. Holy, holy, holy. Worship you. Father, we ask you to lead and guide us into this transformation that you want us to become. Your word says that you're conforming us into the image of Christ. And we ask you to forgive us because we've resisted you. We've failed to do what you've asked us to do. We've ignored you. Please forgive us. Wash us in the blood of Christ Jesus. Cleanse our conscience, Lord. Wash us clean. We set you as king in our heart. We set you as king. Lead us, Spirit of the living God, into transformation. We don't want to stay where we are. We want to grow. We want to become all that you have made us. We want to live out the truth that the righteousness of God is us in Christ Jesus. We want our light to shine, Lord, everywhere and anywhere. We'll do your bidding. We'll do your bidding. In Jesus' name.